So we used a lot of research and that stat that you actually just mentioned is one, one of those that I recognized from way back. Um, and that came from, I believe, a Gates Foundation study where they did a survey of dropouts and asked them, you know, what would have been the best way to prevent you from dropping out? And 70% said that engaging their families and informing them when they're absent um, would have been the best way to have kept them in school. Welcome Getting There fans. I'm your host, Alejandro Garcia Maya. Over 7 million students miss 15 plus days of school in the United States, not only affecting their high school graduation and college attainment rates, but their social and emotional development. On today's show, we have Miriam Altman, co-founder and CEO of Kinvolved, a company with the mission of increasing student achievement by strengthening the school-home connection and tackling chronic absenteeism. How does Kimvolve's app make students show up to class? In this episode, Miriam and I go over the United States school system and she answers a number of questions such as, how can we prevent absenteeism? How do teachers and schools currently keep track of students? How are low-income districts affected by absenteeism? And much more, let's get started. Can you share with me your background and what did you study? Sure. So uh, I'm originally from Minneapolis. I moved out to the East Coast to attend Brown University, where I went for undergrad. I studied uh, what's called an independent concentration. So I created my own major, essentially, called News Media and Societal Change. Mm. And essentially, I studied the cycle of the news media and its effect on public opinion and sort of vice versa. I had aspirations of being a journalist, but 2008 was not the right time to go into journalism. (laughs) So from there, that actually led me into teaching, which was not a path I'd ever considered. Um, both my parents were focused on social impact work. My mother, in as part of her, her work professionally, was focused on equity for women and people of color in the legal profession. My father developed a national nonprofit that focuses on community development. So I always grew up in a household that really focused on doing things that were giving back to communities, you know, locally and nationally. So I always knew that was something I wanted to focus on. I never thought teaching or education would be my area of focus, even though education has played such a critical role for me personally. But given 2008 was not the time to go into journalism, which was my initial plan, uh, an organization called Teacher America that I knew very little about besides just maybe knew it by name, uh, reached out to me and asked kind of at the right time in my senior year if I'd consider, consider applying. So I had coffee with someone, learned about it. It actually sounded like something would be worthwhile, at least applying to. Mm. So long story short, I applied. I ended up getting in. I did decide to matriculate. And I taught, um, moved to New York City to teach high school students uh, history for three years. The commitment is two years. I taught for an additional year beyond the, the, the two-year commitment of Teach for America. Mm. The first day in the classroom, it was a completely life-changing experience. I went to a really large, diverse public high school system or public high school um, as part of a public public school system in Minneapolis. Mm -hmm. I thought I would like sort of know what I was getting into, but it was totally different uh, than I expected and, you know, just really eye opening. And um, I would say really from the first week, probably in the classroom, as they started to identify just the vast variety of challenges that are facing our students in um, the public education system, especially in a city like New York. I was pretty, you know, well hooked and committed that I was excited about 
trying to work probably for the rest of my life to find solutions to the problem. So before jumping into Kimvolved and what it is and what it's all about, I want to go over the problems that Kimvolved is trying to solve. Mm-hmm. And the following are multiple choice questions, mostly for the fans. How many students missed 30 plus days of school in the United States? A, 500,000, B, 1 million, C, 3 million, D, 7.5 million. What do you think? D, 7.5 million. Yes. According to U.S. Department of Education, over 7 million students miss 15 or more days of school in the U.S. That's pretty crazy. And that's 15% of of all students. 15% of all students. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, Okay. In under-resourced communities, chronic absence affects up to what percent of the student population? A, 5%, B, 20%, C, 50%, D, 70%. C, 50%. That's right. According to the U.S. Department of Education, chronic absence affects up to 50% of the student population. So... Here's the last one. Students living in communities with high levels of poverty are how many more times likely to be chronically absent? A, 1x, B, two times, C, three times, D, four times. Students living in communities with high levels of poverty are how many more times likely to be chronically absent? C, three times. That's right. According to Attendance Works, children living in poverty are two to three times more likely to be chronically absent. So what is Convolved and how did it get started? Yeah. So Convolved is a social enterprise, a for-profit social enterprise that is focused on helping school systems across the United States better, more positively, more efficiently and effectively engage students and families and communities in service of improving student attendance. And so what we do is we've built a technology solution, an app essentially on mobile as well as web that directly syncs into the existing system of record where teachers already have to track attendance. And then we read that data and essentially make it actionable. So instead of living in a database where people forget about the attendance data, we're able to automatically translate those communications into 80 different languages and text the attendance records out to families in pretty close to real time, letting them know if their child has missed school, been late to class, skipped classes throughout the day, and so on. And parents can actually write back to those messages. So it's not just alerts, which is sort of the status quo. And when we think of family engagement in the school system, but it's really two-way dialogue. And it starts with attendance, but we've actually built in a much more sophisticated and broad communications tool set enables school systems to use our tool as their all-encompassing communications about everything from student performance and uh, on a test to school-wide reminders about homework, parent events, to even emergency notifications about uh, weather-related issues. And, and I want to go over uh, a number of those features because I think they're brilliant. But before doing so, why is absenteeism so important to prevent? So absenteeism, uh, research proves that absenteeism is the number one leading indicator of high school graduation. And so there's a number of researchers that show, um, one of my favorite quotes is from a researcher called uh, named Robert Balfons. And he basically says that if we could do nothing else to improve the education system, but get kids to show up, 
without improving teacher quality, curricula, anything else, just getting kids to show up, we would see just by default vastly improved academic performance, social emotional development, and most importantly, high school graduation and college attainment rates. So it's absolutely the most critical and foundational element to academic success. That's crazy. Just by making sure kids show up makes a huge difference. What correlations have you uncovered with student absenteeism? So when students are absent, for example, in New York City, there was a report that came out that found that 89% of children in the juvenile justice system were chronically absent. So that's one Wait, example. 89% of students in the what Ju- system? The juvenile justice system. Wow. Are chronically absent. And, and can we describe chronically absent is what? What, what's the definition for that? The definition is students missing 10% or, or more of the school days. So that equates to usually roughly about two days per month, which really doesn't sound like much. Yeah, that doesn't sound like much, but it's incredible the impact that that has. I, I came across some facts here. Every 26 seconds, a student in the U.S. drops out of high school. 70% of dropouts say the best way to have kept them in school would have been to communicate with their families. Do you want to talk a little bit about that, about that particular insight? Yeah, so that, I believe that that statistic you're reporting, that's one that we, uh, we really looked to when we were starting the organization, actually. Um, one of your questions earlier was how we got started, and I'll, I'll briefly explain. But sure. in short, I was a teacher in a public high school in, in Manhattan, in New York, New York City, through Teacher America, my co-founders at the same time that I was teaching was a parent advocate um, through a hospital, Bronx, Lebanon, up in the South Bronx. We came together in 2012 as graduate students at the NYU Wagner Public uh, Graduate School of Public Service. So we entered, the, uh, entered a policy challenge in 2012 with our idea for Convolved. And at that time, you know, we didn't have a lot of results. It was kind of an idea. So we used a lot of research, and that stat that you actually just mentioned is one one of those that I recognized from way back. And that came from, I believe, a Gates Foundation study where they did a survey of dropouts and asked them, you know, what would have been the best way to prevent you from dropping out? And 70% said that engaging their families and informing them when they're absent would have been the best way to have kept them in school. And so that was, you know, one of the kind of linchpin statistics that we used to provide evidence for our solution early, early on. Wow. So going back to Kimvolved, you had shared the application and a number of the features. How do teachers keep track, the, the system that you mentioned or this database where they, teachers keep track of who's absent or not, how, how did that work before Kimvolved? So in New York City schools, the biggest school system in the entire world, in fact, 1.1 million kids still today, teachers keep track of attendance by filling in those like Scantron bubble forms. And at the end of the school day, every class period, um, as well as there's a daily form, basically you send those down to the main office and then someone in the main office is feeding those through a machine at the end of the school day. And then they're literally looking at a green screen, like an MS-DOS software that the DOE here in New York City has developed. And they're using that software to kind of manage student attendance. So it's a very rudimentary system for attendance tracking. The good news is that in most other communities across the country, that's sort of New York City sort of an outlier. Elsewhere, they are using uh, electronic systems, usually called student information systems, of which there are a range on the market. And teachers use those 
to either input attendance using their computer, sometimes a mobile application. So that's a requirement across the board. Attendance is factored into state funding formulas as mm. well as, you know, uh, contribute. It's in sometimes uh, audited for safety reasons and all sorts of things. So it is required at every state level that teachers input attendance on a consistent basis into those systems. So it's required. How you go about doing it, that's where it varies across school districts. I did not know that I would have expected that New York would have a, a, a more, or not advanced, but at least up to date. That's, that's kind of yeah. crazy. I think with a huge school system, it's really hard to implement such a, a change in a, in a really required system. Is there, is there a picture we can paint? Let's mm -hmm. say you're in class and you see all these students come in. One of them doesn't come in. What happens with Kimbo? So let's say I have a student, Susie, who doesn't show up to school one day. As a teacher, I have taken attendance in my district's required system of record, so not our software, a different software. Mm -hmm. And once I take attendance in the background, because we plug into that software system. The outdated old school system you plug into there. We actually don't plug into the New York City system. So it's a oh, little bit, okay. nuanced, but into those more modern systems, we'll plug right into it. And then we send an automated text message, email, or voice alert to up to 10 parents and guardians, letting them know the student has missed a course. So it's parents, but the idea behind Kinvolved is getting the whole kinship network, whether it's cousins, grandparents, basketball coaches, pastors, getting all those people involved in ensuring that at minimum the student is showing up to school. And so that's kind of what's happening in the background. So the teacher, then let's say that the mom responds in they receive the mom speaks Spanish. She received the the message in Spanish about absenteeism. Wow. She responds in Spanish, and the response in in Spanish will translate back into English. And instead of going to the teacher who's you know busy teaching, right. the response on attendance will go to the main front office clerk who's usually spending you know his or her day making phone calls in sort of the the status quo way that that this process usually works. But now they've got access to the system where they can communicate with families that don't speak English and they can communicate via immediate text message to let them know, you know, why a kid might have missed school or maybe the parent didn't know. And so this is bringing it to their attention um, so they can be part of the solution. And it's all recorded. It stays in, in yep. uh, you, can, yep. you can follow the line of communication with everyone. So that's happening in the background in the attendance messaging. But then let's say I'm a teacher and I have got a break between class periods, for example, and I want to let all of my students and their parents know about um, the scores that they received on a test recently. Mm. What I can do is easily upload a file and send it almost like a mail merge. And then it will populate with one click of a button for the teacher it will populate um, a text message, email, or phone call, again, translated. And that information will go out to the parents as well as the students, if the teacher so chooses, letting them know about grades, for example. And then so they with, with the proper name and corresponding grade for each student, uh, customized so that yep. each parent gets a personalized message with that information. That's right. Wow. That is very scary. I'm glad I'm not a student anymore. <laughs> Well, the good news is that, you know, we do, you know, this, the second service that we offer to really accompany the software, because just like any tool, you know, as beautiful and wonderful and well-intentioned as the development behind the scenes has been, you know, we really, it's our responsibility to ensure that school systems know how to use it 
um, in the way that's going to create the most positive impacts for students and families. And so we do a lot of coaching with our districts and our schools mm -hmm. around using the technology for positive communication. So reinforcing good things that students are doing in school, building a positive, welcoming, and warm school community. Because at the end of the day, research proves that just creating a positive, welcoming school community is the best way to prevent absenteeism in the first place. Have there been integrations? That all sounds like it's all text, right? Have there been any reason or integrations for it to be voice as well or no? Yes. So we do offer a text message, email, and voice as well. Okay. And voice is important. We, we've learned by doing a little bit of customer discovery in the last couple of months. Mm. Voice is really important because there are definitely populations of families that can't read, essentially, like have low, low levels of literacy. Right. So even sending them a text message, even if it's translated, they may not you know, be able to, to fully read in their own language. So being able to listen to the message is critically important to reach every single family. And that voice, is that an automated voice or that's a voice from like a pre-recorded voice? That's a great question. I'm glad you asked because this is one of our newest features that it, it used to be a pre-recorded voice. Now we have just built and are releasing for the school year coming up the personalized voice message. And um, that's been a huge request of our clients, our districts and our schools because they want to be able to, again, have that personalization to the families. Wow, that's so powerful. What does this do for safety? Also a great question and one of our sort of core differentiators. So there are very few communications tools on the market right now that enable school systems to not only communicate, like I said, sort of emergency alerts, like if there's a snow day at the district level, also communicate school-wide events and reminders at the school level, also enable, you can think of you know coaches for basketball teams or after school clubs, they can create special groups and communicate information to those students as well. And then finally, get to the teachers, as we just discussed, they can also use the system to communicate about anything that they might need to with students and families. And that's critically important because there's really no other tool that enables those multiple levels and layers of communication. And what that means is that the school system, and this is what superintendents really like, can make sure that every single staff member is using one approved system for all their communications so that it's not only the ability to audit the communications and ensure that there is um, consistency, safety, and security, but it also protects the teachers because when they're using individual apps, um, they are putting themselves at risk by sharing you know, student information uh, without having the consent of the district. Uh, so it really it helps everyone maintain safety. Who's usually the key decision maker for you when you are talking about you know, the, the application? So that's, again, one of the unique things about what we offer is that it really is a tool that's applicable to the work streams of a variety of different stakeholders, anyone really in the district. So we talked about classroom teachers, how they can use it. Guidance counselors use it frequently to communicate with families about specific groups of students. For example, reminders about deadlines to file for FAFSA applications. That's a you know pretty common one. Mm. Um, reminders about dates for the SAT or the PSAT, things like that. Uh, we also know the parent coordinators who do usually more of the outreach around, you know, parent teacher nights, parent teacher conferences, they will use the technology to communicate that type of information um, at the 
school level. We have principals, assistant principals using it for, you know, school level announcements and communication. And then we get up to the district level and they're using it for, you know, again, those emergency notifications or even the superintendent wanting to send a personalized message to all families, you know, being able to do that as well, either be by recording his or her voice or sending a text email or automated voice call. So there really is a use case for every stakeholder in the district. As you're sharing all this information and all the, all the, ways in which it improves communication between all all these individuals. If I was a parent, my first reaction would be, what if there's something wrong in the school, right? Like Mm -hmm. a shooting or something horrific or whatever the case might be. Yep. So it is, that is a possible use case. If there was an emergency event in the school, the, you know, the school principal or assistant principal and administrator of the school could send an emergency notification and in that instance, teachers would also receive the communication and it is sent, uh, the emergency alerts are always via text message, um, and, but they're immediate as well. Wow. How, how much does the software cost for a school? What's, it, what's the pricing like? Yeah, it really ranges. We're pretty competitive with other systems that are on the market. You know, it ranges from uh, starting at $4 per student and, uh, you know, there's additional features that sometimes districts purchase on top of that. Can you share a little bit about so far what you've been able to accomplish? Sure. So we started the company back in 2012 as graduate students and um, have had, you know, it's been, it's been a really fun journey and there's been lots of different ways you can measure accomplishment. We obviously think very carefully about our impact. Every single year, we are one of the unique for-profit entities that actually um, puts a lot of our resources into developing an impact report. And that's a year-long process for us. So we've seen results such as in New York City schools, our schools that use our products saw an improvement in attendance, average daily attendance that was 13 times better than the average New York City schools rate of improvement that did not use our software. 13 times better. Mm -hmm. That's a lot. Yep. That's a huge difference. We've also seen that, um, you know, in other districts across the country, up to a 10% decrease in that rate of chronic absenteeism, those kids who are missing 10% of school days or more. Last year alone, in the 2018-19 school year, we saw our schools and families and students across the country exchange more than 13 million messages um, between school and home that theoretically may not have ever been exchanged before. So those are a few of our impact metrics, and we're always seeing improvement every year in our impact, and that's what really makes us excited. Do you you include lateness as well? I mean, we keep talking about absenteeism. Uh What about lateness? Yep, that's a great question. Um, And we definitely do help districts measure lateness. This is, especially in New York City, uh, critically important as a tool for measuring period level attendance. It's important to every other district as well, but it's just been particularly interesting in New York City where we have high adoption across the board, but especially at the high school level, uh, because teachers can send immediate notifications to families when kids are absent to each period. So you can catch them you know, if they're skipping for skipping class for a reason that's not necessarily authorized, it's possible to get them back into school into the class before the entire class period has gone by. We got our hands on on that report, which, by the way, is extremely well done, the 2018 report. And so I have I have some facts here as well. We have uh, 50 minutes average teacher time saved per week. And feel free to jump in on, on any of this if, if there's if there's something you want to add to that, we have 75 minutes average administrator time saved per week. And what else do we have? Okay, you've expanded to seven states. And uh, now we're in 10 states since that's been put out. 
Yeah. Whoa. 10 states collectively serving 250,000 families. So over 250,000 yeah, families. Much higher than that at this point. That, that was about six months. The report's already six months old. So uh, yeah. And you're moving that quickly. If I'm a parent and I'm listening to this, what what can I do? Let's say I'm listening to this and I say, wow, that's incredible. How come, how come I've spoken to my, you know, my, my son or daughter's teacher and they never tell me about this? What can they do? Yeah, so if you are a, a parent in a district that uses the Kinvo software, one thing you can do is make sure that your updated contact information is uh, at the school or the district so that you can make sure you're receiving the communications. If you're in a district that doesn't work with our uh, company or use our software, that's been something we've been trying to kind of figure out is how to amplify parent voice because there is such a demand and so much high satisfaction among parents. One thing you can do is make sure that your school board is aware of this kind of a program. School boards sometimes can be a helpful advocate, but even more directly is just go to the source, you know, tell your uh, district superintendent and the administrative team that you think this could be beneficial and see if they're willing to have a discussion. In terms of schools that don't have the resources, right, in areas that are in disadvantaged neighborhoods, uh, how does that work? Is, is this even available? Do they have access to this sort of software? It's a very good question. And a common misconception is that schools or school systems that are serving higher need populations of students don't have as much funding or resources to purchase something as affordable really as our, our service is. The way that national funding, federal funding works is that typically schools that or districts that serve a higher population of students who tend to be more chronically absent actually receive what's called Title I funding. So they actually receive additional funding um, to purchase services that specifically will focus on family engagement. So oftentimes districts will pay for our, our solution with that kind of um, funding. But, uh, you know, other times, you know, in, in districts that are less high need, they'll just use kind of general funds. Again, it's a very affordable system. Um, and especially in states that really directly are measuring absenteeism as a function or factor that plays into their uh, district's funding formulas, there's a pretty direct return on investment calculation that you can do that we often do for the districts based on their state's funding formula and based on the results that we've been able to see um, over the last several years. So they end up getting return on investment in our system um, and our, our partnership that is often almost 10 times the amount that they've invested in a partnership with us in a single year. Wow, that is crazy. I would have never thought that. Is there anything else you'd like to share? Anything that uh, we didn't cover? Yeah, I mean, if I can do just a really quick plug. Yeah, go for it. So Kinvolved is growing pretty rapidly. Uh, we have several positions available for people, not just in New York City, but across the country. And so all of those positions are available on our website, www.kinvolved.com backslash careers. We would uh, love to hear from uh, anyone in the audience who might be interested in working with our team. We're also, of course, always looking to spread the word about our work, especially to district level leadership across the country. So we'd appreciate uh, people sharing the word uh, about Kinvolved. Well, that's this week's episode of Getting There. Thank you all for listening to the Getting There podcast very much appreciated. Be sure to visit gettingtheirpodcast.com to learn about more leaders solving the world's most pressing problems through our videos, games, blogs, and more. If you are or have a friend who's a social impact leader using scalable technology to find sustainable solutions for world pressing problems, 
please reach out to my team and I at guest at gettingtheirpodcast.com. That is guest at gettingtheirpodcast.com. Catch a new episode every Tuesday. If you enjoyed the show and want to spread love back to my team and I, please make sure to subscribe and rate us. Have a wonderful day. And as my grandfather would say, adelante y arriba.